This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. Welcome to the 2023 Bod Podcasts Network and Fun Artist Award application process and eligibility guideline. BAMF is a multi-year initiative dedicated to providing resources that support the vibrant BIPOC arts community of Greater Houston in fully displaying their power, values, and traditions. We resource possibilities for the BIPOC art community in Greater Houston. We build community cultural capital that we can all benefit from. We recognize individual artists are an essential component of Houston's arts ecosystem. We are the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund. We are the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund. We are the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund. We are the BIPOC Arts Network Fund. We are the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund. Welcome everyone. I'm Sixer Wagen, the project director for the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund. For those who, for whom a visual description would be helpful, I present as a middle-aged man with Filipino descent, with short salt and pepper hair, a short graying beard, and I'm wearing a blue-gray button-down with a purple scarf with blue and white beading. In my background is a blue and white quilted hanging and a painting of a flower on an orange background from local artist and accountability and advisory council member, Julie DeVries. Before we continue, I would like to offer this land acknowledgement. Every community owes its existence and vitality to generations from around the world who contributed their hopes, their dreams, and energy to making this history that led to this moment. Some were brought here against their will. Some were drawn to leave their distant homes in hope of a better life. And some have lived on this land for more generations than can be counted. Truth and acknowledgement are critical to building mutual respect and connection across all barriers of heritage and difference. We begin this effort to acknowledge that what has been buried by honoring the truth. We are living on the ancestral lands of the Karankawa, Tapilam Kovidikan, Sana, and Atakapa Ishak people. We pay respects to the elders past and present. This land was also home to the Mexica peoples before the new border lines were drawn. Since our activities are shared digitally on the internet, let us also take a moment to consider the legacy of colonization embedded within the technologies, structures, and the way of thinkings we use every day. We are using equipment and high-speed internet not available in many indigenous and other minority communities. Please take a moment to consider the many legacies of violence, displacement, migration, and settlement that bring us here together today. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we are excited to share with you about the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund, some of the learning that we have had with our community partners since the launch that has influenced and guided this round of funding. I want to thank the folks from Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writings Having Their Say, Banff Coordinator Hank Hancock, and Lanisha Tinsley, one of our community consultants who are supporting this live stream video session. During this uh, session, we'll provide an introduction to the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund. I'll speak about some of the work and learning that has happened in the past year, and we'll share how that some of that learning conversations around the work has led to the 2023 Bank Artist Awards. 
We'll also hear from some of our operational partners about the community design and review process and speak about the learning community that we will continue to build that connects artists, arts organizations, foundation partners, and community partners. We'll also go over the basic parameters of this award opportunity, and we'll have time for questions at the end. Please note that we will have other information sessions that go into more detail about the application and its different components. This session is to give the broader uh, vision of our work and how this opportunity is the next element in our strategy to build a thriving arts ecosystem for Greater Houston's community of color. The BIPOC Arts Network and Fund is an initiative dedicated to providing resources that support the vibrant BIPOC arts community in fully displaying their power, values, and traditions. This groundbreaking effort was born out of the Ford Foundation's America's Cultural Treasures Initiative, in which in September of 2020, committed an unprecedented $276 million to support BIPOC arts communities across the country in response to the devastating economic impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and to catalyze a conversation around how BIPOC arts organizations and communities have been historically overlooked and under-resourced. Part of that effort named 20 organizations as America's cultural treasures. Those 20 were recognized as significant national anchors for artistic and cultural diversity in America, one of whom is Houston's own Project Row Houses. The regional grant-making initiative invested over $35 million across seven regions, including Greater Houston, and invited local philanthropic partners to match funding in support of a multi-year grant programs for cultural groups of color with exceptional regional or local significance. In Houston, the Houston Endowment and the Ford Foundation led the way for the BIPOC Arts Network and Funds creation, equally noting $5 million with additional generous contributions from Kinder Foundation, the Powell Foundation, the Brown Foundation Incorporated, and the Cullen Foundation. Unlike other regional initiatives in the America's Cultural Treasures, the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund is also as known, structured as a collaborative, multi-phase fund and is a resource network guided by funders, artists, and nonprofit leaders in the region. So we're acknowledging the historical underinvestment in the BIPOC, Houston BIPOC arts cultures and communities. And the initiative aims to increase philanthropic support and collective grant making and facilitate new connections between funders and prospective grantees through shared decision-making authority. We focus on resource distribution, advocacy, and network building initiatives that revolutionize the local funding landscape, break down silos within the arts ecosystem, and welcome everyone to support and learn from BIPOC arts communities. That has been some of the history that brought us together right now in terms of, in January, 2022, we announced our first round of funding to invest $2 million in 120 arts and culture organizations and fiscally sponsored artist collectives in Greater Houston's Black, Latinx, Indigenous, Asian American, Pacific Islander, Middle Eastern, and other communities of color to support them through their compounded crises of the pandemic, weather incidents, and related hardships. In the months since that announcement, we have heard from the network how those grants made significant impacts on our communities. Grantees have already shared stories back with us that talked about how the BAMF grant brought recognition, legitimacy, and visibility to their work. The unrestricted grant enabled groups to put the funds where that was most needed, including in terms of organizational operations and personal and artistic needs. Grantees also deepened the programmatic capacity impact in their communities and beyond. And the BAMF uh, catalyzed new funding and helped shift funding conditions for the funding field. BAMF grantees were able to build bridges into the community and support each other's projects and advocate for arts in their Houston. Fully investing in a thriving BIPOC arts ecosystem in the greater Houston area also means 
we need to invest directly in our artists. Today, we are announcing a $1 million investment over three years to create transformative opportunities for artists whose artistic practice demonstrates a history of service and support for and with Greater Houston's BIPOC communities. The strategies the BAMP develops in the, to invest these resources are guided by the community itself. We are leaders who are artists, directors of arts organizations, foundation program officers, community activists. We build in conversations from diverse sectors of our community so that we can build a network of support of, and care that lasts beyond the five-year initiative. talk more about our leadership design and how the community participates in the design process, I would like to introduce Tony Diaz, founder of Nuestra Palabra and El Libro Tafante, one of the original steering committee members of BAMP. Hi, really great to join you tonight and gives me a pleasure to give a little bit of insights into what's going on behind the scenes. Um, I think I'm really proud of the fact that the community and leadership and uh, design consists of a steering committee whose leadership is from our community, by our community. And this consists of our community of artists, activists, arts professionals, funders, and Houston residents, which is really unique to this movement and to this city. The other part of our work is what the Accountability and Advisory Council does. That, along with our community of consultants, brings individual voices and perspectives to the work, helping us understand the needs of the community and the impacts, both positive and negative, of our strategies, programs, and language. And I assure folks, we study it meticulously, we go over it, and we keep building on it because this really is cutting edge work that we want the future to know about, but that we can really give back to the community and, and really study it. And I think the other thing that's key is um, when we talk about our operational partners as well, uh, this is an effort to make sure that those who are most affected are designing the programs. And what BAMF has done is bring together leaders from our first round of grantees. And they invited community partners to help design the guidelines, criteria, and process of what you're viewing tonight and what you'll be participating in. And we're responding to what we've heard before and in the past year. So we've built a process that's in tune with the Latinx and Black communities of artists. So we also need specifically Latinx and Black reviewers to understand the nuances and histories of our specific needs, our specific histories and aesthetics. And again, I really want to stress that this is really a unique way that I believe personally that the philanthropic world policymakers, other grant-giving institutions, and all art organizations will start to adopt. Now, this then means that we need you to help us help you even more. So we do invite our community, you watching, please tell your tias, tios, your neighbors, your friends, and relatives, all the artists you know, the community concerned folks, invite them to nominate themselves or you nominate them for readers and panelists to help us read learn from and identify our awardees, which we hope you'll become a part of 
And you can go to the website to nominate community reviewers. But the whole idea then is these are community awards on community terms for artists that have been doing the work, but also giving back in, in big ways. So I'm really proud to be a part of this six though. So happy that you're leading the ship as our executive director. And I just want to repeat that this is a really unique way to quantify community cultural capital. And at the same time to, to help artists continue to give back. And, and at the end of the day, to find out the research that hasn't been articulated yet. And, and, and I think that's going to be part of the legacy work as well, Sixto. It is about the personal connections. It is about our collaboration. It's about our learning. It's about the people who are part of our communities. And, and that is what we want to uh, bring forward in all of our processes and recognize the fact that we are humans. And this is a, a, a human run work and that art it is essential way in order to express our culture and our histories. We also recognize that all of these things are, like, are part of a larger ecosystem. We work together in order to be able to strengthen each other and the region. I think that one of the things that we've also talked about is that $12.4 million total for the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund is an incredible amount of money in this moment, and, but it's not enough. There will always be, be more need in order to solve, like, and there will always need to, uh, and, and they will find more opportunities. And so we need to be thoughtful in terms of the work that we're doing uh, as the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund and as a steering committee in the AAC in order to think of how do we best utilize the resources and the time in the five-year initiative so that we're actually investing in people, that we're catalyzing opportunities, and that we're recognizing the cultural nodes that have actually helped our communities survive and thrive. I think an important part of our work will always be to document our learning and in order to make sure that we are building a network of shared values and care that lasts much longer than the money. So as, as we've ta been talking about in all our steering committee meetings and the design meetings, we try to forefront our, the learnings in order to recognize what are the opportunities to learn and relearn and how are we gonna actually think about the stories, the data, the visuals, the poems, all the different ways in order for us to actually present this work. And so that we're able to uh, better advocate for and able to actually nourish the art sector that celebrates our communities of color here in greater Houston region. So we're going to go a little bit more specifically into the uh, the actual 2023 Artist Awards. So as we said before, we recognize that individual artists are an essential part of Houston's arts ecosystem. This investment of $1 million over three years is in order to create transformative opportunities for artists whose artistic practice demonstrates a history of service and support for and with the greater Houston BIPOC communities. The Banff Individual uh, Award for Individual Artists will provide a one-time investment of up to $20,000 each to 50 artists. The artists will be distributed, the awards will be distributed in two rounds of 25 awardees over three years. So it, the, these 25 awardees will demonstrate the rich diversity and potential of Greater Houston's BIPOC arts ecosystem and arts community. 
And we believe that the awardees will come from different parts of the city, have different educational backgrounds, have different areas of creative focus, different cultural histories. They may speak different languages and they may have different regions for coming and living in Houston, but all have had a demonstrated history of supporting our communities of color through their creative practice. I wanna be clear that we do not have a preconceived definition of artist, nor a singular definition of service. We have made a commitment to discover with our consultants how our Houston artists and creatives are ready to do that work in Houston. And through the application process, we will be able to learn from you how to describe the service, how community members actually describe the impact of that work. We wanna celebrate the amazing work that is being done in the, across the city. We wanna recognize and honor that through this award. There is a lot of stories of support and service, and we look forward to reading how the, our artists contribute to the thriving communities of color. We also need to be specific that this is a competitive opportunity. We will be looking for a demonstration of service that stands out as different, that can inspire others, that has a community of advocates that can share the impact of the work through their statements of support. We are making choices in order to make investments in a few people and believe that these awards of up to $20,000 can be transformative to their lives and their careers. And by honoring and investing in these artists, the greater Houston community will also benefit. Since this award is not tied to a specific project, we are asking the artists, uh, the awardees to commit to share and learn with us and each other. We are asking them to be part of a learning network and through the idea sharing, the collaborations, the inspiration, the BIPOC Arts Networking Fund can facilitate adaptation and thriving throughout the city. That is the background and the overview. That is our hope. And so I'm going to ask one of our community consultants, Lanisha Bruce Tinsley, to walk us through some of the particulars and the specifics. Hi, it's a pleasure to be with all of you tonight and to share um, on behalf of the team the eligibility and application components um, of this award process. There are very few eligibility requirements to apply for this award. This is part of our learning to invite people into the process who may not have felt welcomed in other processes. To be eligible, applicants must have an address that is located in the nine county re region of the greater Houston um, area. These counties include Austin, um, Brazoria, Chambers, Fort Bend, Galveston, Harris, Liberty, Montgomery, and Waller counties. This should be your primary residence and a primary focus of your work for the past two years, investing in communities in these counties in this area. Awardees must be at least 21 years old. Applicants can submit using written text or video responses. We are also accepting Spanish language responses. We would really like to support other primary languages but please check in prior to submission to make sure that we can make accommodations. We will go into more detail about the application elements in the application and submittable info session on Tuesday, January 17th at 6.30. So again, that info session is Tuesday, January 17th 
at 6.30. And we encourage you to go ahead and register for that session via the link that is in the chat. Thanks, Lanisha. I think one of the things that we, we hope by pr providing the, the guidelines and the information here now, that you will actually have time in order to look through some of that information and so that you will have more specific questions for us um, for, that, uh, for that information session next Tuesday, January 17th. Um, when you look at the, the application, that there are some narrative questions um, there, and then like work samples and, and two statements of support. And I think that one, I, I want to lift up this part of it. We're asking for you all to invite collaborators, community members, people who have worked with you or like, who have actually experienced the impact of your work in order to be able to speak up for you, to actually share, like, to be able to share their stories of why your work is important and how they've been transformed and and how their lives are better because of you and like the artists in this in, in this community and so that is the type of work where i think that, you know one of the reasons why we brought this this aspect into this is we recognize that many times artists don't ask for um they don't ask for the help that they know that can always be there and is there and this is part of our the work that we're hoping to do is that we are part of a community and how do we strengthen those that opportunity in order to speak to each other and actually do better in order to actually advocate for the people and our friends in order to make that happen so i think that i believe me when we went through all these applications and when we designed this we have a lot of people who've gone through applications and uh, we wanted to make sure um that that we're asking questions that are important but not overburdensome but also that you actually have some opportunity in order to, but we are asking you to think and actually share some, some, some kind of deep ideas around this. So, um, so that is what we have for the application elements. And thanks, Lanisha, in order for you, your work and you and our, all of our community consultants who are actually able to guide this, this aspect. Thank you. I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk about our review process next, because that's always an essential way of an important part for how people understand this. We have a multi-step review process. The first step is always going to be the eligibility review. The BAF staff, um, which is Hank and me right now, um, and, and our community consultants, will make sure that all of y'all like you know have done all of the like have a complete application and have done the registration in terms of giving you the, the proof that you live in the Nine County region and that you are 21 years old. That's again the basic eligibility here. Then it goes into panel reviews. We actually have a, a multi-panel review process in which there is gonna be a general panel that will review all the applications and to, to determine a list of finalists. We also, as Tony had mentioned earlier, have uh, community specific panels of looking for the black and Latinx community in order so that some of the awardees will be determined specifically by them so that we better understand what it means to for, for those communities around the histories, their nuance, language, and aesthetics. We'll also have a, like the next step, it'll be a finalist review process in order to make sure that um, we all the applicants and determined slave awardees who will be named as part of the learning community. The final step of this process is actually the verifications and kind of the contractual work in order to make sure that the people are willing to accept the money and, and that they have the capacity in order to take the money in, um, in this. So, um, as you can in that component, an important part of is of course the review criteria, and uh, we are here's the review criteria in terms of that they, I like the I 
those artists who apply who are um, self-identify as a member of the Greater Houston's uh, BIPOC communities will receive particular consideration. Artists whose creative work um, has been recognized by local, regional, and national uh, cultural organizations, leaders, or artistic professionals, and then have a history of demonstrated a demonstrated history of support for and with the community of color of Houston. They have to they should actually show a demonstrated history and a commitment to artistic activity and production. And here's the other part is that it is a, that they must have a demonstrated commitment to learning, offering expertise and engaging with others in a productive and active manner. So we are building a learning community. We are building um, an opportunity in order to to learn and with each other. So it's not just that you are a great artist, or it's not just that you have uh, had some important impact in communities. It is all of these things and are willing to be able to share your time, your knowledge and energy and expertise with each other so that we can continue to build a, a level of resources that we continue to grow on over the course of a period of time. We will go into more detail about the review criteria and, and the process in our information session next week on Tuesday. Key dates, application is open now. Deadline to register the Houston BAMP through the submittable is Friday the 17th at noon. You need to register at by Friday the 17th at noon, and then you have until Monday at 9 a.m. in order to finish all of that aspect. So you need to start the process in submittable, and then you need to be able to, to turn in all the applications uh, and materials by Monday, February 20th. So I think the, the next part that we want also want to talk about is assistance and applicant support. We recognize that what we are doing is a little different from some of the other um, opportunities that have happened before. And with our community consultants, our operational partners, and all of our team, we are trying to find ways in order to engage y'all in more conversations and, and figure out how to be able to, to make this process as reasonable as possible. So we will have our scheduled live and recorded information sessions. All of these will be then archived on our YouTube page, our website, um, and then uh, we will also have specific information sessions that are talking about uh, topics like uh, statements of support, um, the, the bio, the CV, work samples. And so that we're gonna break down the elements of, of the, the application and actually have opportunities in order to talk and go into more depth about each one of those sections. We also have the BAMF support desk, which you go to support.houstonbamf.org in order to actually look at all the FAQs. We encourage you to sign up for our newsletter because we will have a weekly newsletter that will give you updates around new events, new um, support events. And then also I share information around some of the questions or answers to the questions that are around. Again, Spanish language is, assistance is available upon a request. And if you need translation services beyond Spanish, please connect with us as a staff member so we can see how and how we can actually provide adequate translation support for that. So Tony, our operational partners have also developed some other systems of support. Can you actually share some of the ideas that you all have generated and some of that work? Yes, really happy to share that. And I hope folks watching are not just going to apply, but tell their friends as well. Sixto, you mentioned some of the um, traditional support that we have. So whatever you expect, that'll be there. You mentioned the Spanish language support. 
So the Latino contingent of the design team came up with two additional programs. Obviously, everyone is welcome, but we do want to cater to some of the needs specific of the Latino community. So there's two that I want to tell you about, and they're in person. So we'll have a chance to, to hang out as well. And the first one is on Wednesday, January 18th, 2023, from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. And that's going to be an info session, a Latino town hall, all in Spanish. Completamente en español. Es que, por favor, vengan y estén listos. We'll have, of course, the forms are already in Spanish. But if folks need a little more help in Spanish or want to hear it again in Spanish, please do stop by that evening. Again, that's going to be Wednesday, January 18th, 2023, from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. at Mecca which is 1900 and Kane. And then the second event will be in English, Spanish, and Spanglish. It's the Latino artists cram for the exam. <laughs> get ready for the Banff Individual Artists and Info Application. As you get closer to it, this is Saturday, February 4th, 2023, 2 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. again at Mecca at 1900 Kane. And of course, everyone is welcome. Um, but this is just for folks that may have a doubt, more questions. Six, no, I have no doubt that our team will be <laughs> taking questions and handling questions and doing that well. But having worked with the community, I know that sometimes folks have issues such as, hey, is my stuff really art? Believe it or not, we see that a lot in the Latino community. Another question could be, I've done this art. Is this community work? Uh, does it have to be this or that to be community work? So we want to welcome you at that moment. You mentioned some of the narratives. They're pretty straightforward and traditional, but I'll, I'll, let me editorialize from my side. I think we're so not used to having our concerns addressed that we may be like, you, you don't really mean this, do you? We really want to hear how you've given back. And from what I've seen, that's not always a part of traditional grants applications. This is it. And I really congratulate the whole Banff team for really designing what I think are authentic applications that are profoundly in tune with our, our concerns. And either way, we still want to hang out with you those two days. Well, I mean, thanks, Tony, because I think that this is actually one of the things where we hope the whole process and all the work that we are doing the Black Arts Network and Fund is actually reminding our artists, our arts communities, and our communities of color we have survived and we have and in that we've not only survived we've thrived and that that is what we need to honor and this is what we actually want to resource in this time and i think that part of that work is actually how do we tell our stories in the ways that make sense to us and that, that can actually resonate that's why you can actually do a video response that's why you can write in the language that's most comfortable for you hopefully that we can actually provide that, that, that opportunity of support so that we are not asking you to take on other language or to pretend like, you know, that to answer questions that aren't there. This is basically try to uh, try to share your truth. And hopefully with that truth, we're going to be able to honor and respect that. And in many ways, like, I think the, the part is that what we've learned even from that first round of funding, like Tony, like we've, we've saw a, a number of applicants and then a number of, of opportunities, but just being able to to be able to speak their truth is such, and, and being having it be able to be read, I think is such an important part of our process. We, we will only have 25 awardees in terms of like for this next round, but there's a lot of other ways in which we hope that th this process will be of support and that the, the opportunities like the cram session and the other opportunities in order to actually build a network and, and connect people 
that like y'all are doing great work. How do we do this and how do we do it together? How do we do it? How do we do it in, in, in a space in which it's not about competition, but about how all of us are actually building a stronger Houston, a Houston that we actually deserves us and, and how we live in this place. That is the big kind of big presentation component of this work. Please put in your, the Q and A's in the chat and we're gonna be open up to the Q and A in the session. I want to be like upfront, like the learning process is an important part of the work that we're doing here. Mm -hmm. I think the learning and the documenting process because we are the learning and the relearning process that all of us are doing as, as administrators, as, as philanthropists, as, as arts organizers, as activists. I think that um, we're trying to build a connection and a, and, and a shared language and an opportunity in order for us to learn together and actually recognize that this moment, how do we build a, a place of possibility? And, and that's what we continue to try to resource in, in this moment. If I can add one more thing, Sixto. I would really like to stress that when you said the learning, I want folks to appreciate that these individual artist grants did not exist before. These are really new ways to design the application procedures that we hope will be repeated and, and adopted by other organizations. And, and as you said, we really are going out of our way at each step to learn for the next step, to broaden this process and to continue to not just quantify the community cultural capital, but to create ways that will really teach the rest of the world how our community functions, our community artists work. So hats off to you for, for putting the work into that. And I, I congratulate everybody involved with BIPOC Arts Network Fund, including the folks that have applied who become part of the research as well. Like our, our design teams are made up of, of grantees and 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 you know and applicants, and that what we are continuing to do is build a community, and so that we can work together. And this is one of the opportunities that we have is to actually uh, be able to work and learn together through this process. And um, we are going to ask the 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 awardees in order to make an eighteen month commitment in terms of that learning community. And eighteen months sounds like a really long time, but also. In order to actually get some work done, I think it takes 18 months in order to get like it takes at least 12 months in order to like to actually feel like, oh, that we, we, we can be uh, upfront and honest with each other. And then it's another six months in order to like, well, what can we do? We're going to go into two kind of our Q and A's and what we have coming on. We do have some questions. Um, let's start with this one. Um, it's a, around the conflict of interest. And so the organization I direct work with um, received a, a BIPOC arts network um, fund grant in the first round. Can I apply for this award? Absolutely, you can apply, but we're going to ask you to name the fact that you are connected with an, uh, one of the arts organizations that uh, that received awards in the first round. I think that the whole point is that I, we don't want, because you were actually like awarded in the first round, should not keep you out of this round, but we do want to be very clear around how we want to spread like, those resources and those choices are going to, like, so you are eligible and, and we'd love to like, and, and we'd love to hear your stories in terms of that work. I see you're calling for nominations for community reviewers. I suppose community reviewers shouldn't plan to apply for this award. Am I right? Absolutely. 
I'm like, we need to be clear around certain levels. Like we want the community to participate. We know that we are, um, we are a network and there's a lot of relationships, but we also need to be very clear that, um, that the people who are making decisions should not be, uh, should not benefit from this work in this yeah. aspect. Um, and so we are going to work on the conflict of interest and we're going to do our best in order to make that happen. Please nominate yourself if you're not going to be um, awarding. And then I, and and to be honest, like you do not have to be a BIPOC person to nominate to be a reviewer if the work that you've been doing actually like you know if you understand the ways in which we work and we will figure out how best you know, to make that happen. But please nominate uh, and do the self nominations in that component. I think that like um we, like let me show that there was that first question that we that there was another question that we saw about the applicant needing to be a citizen. So I'm gonna if I'm gonna take that one on. What the awardees need to have either a social security number or an ITIN number, which is an individual taxpayer identification number. And so that in order to be able to receive the award in the guidelines, we actually have a link to how to actually apply to get an ITIN number. So you don't have to be a citizen, but we, we do need to have that, that level of um, information around you and, and in this work in order so that the, uh, we can continue to uh, be good stewards of, of the money that we have been receiving from our foundation partners. Mm-hmm. We can go into more detail around that and, you know, at, at an information session, but I wanted to at least address that question. Thank you. Um, also, this one is around service. How do you prove your service is worthy of an award? This is a hard question and it's going to be a hard, like, in, in, and we're not going to have a simple answer because we believe that services, like all service is worthy and we want to uplift that. We're also uh, choosing to award only a few people at a time at this time. And so that it's going to be important how the applicant and the artists uh, articulate the service and how that service manifests itself and how our, the advocates can actually speak to that service. Um, in, in, in certain terms, it, they need to be able to stand out as, as, um, as, as different as, as, a, as a model that other people that can learn from, learn with, and that, um, and also just say that, like, if this is the same work that 30 people are doing, then we need to, that we can't actually award the 30 people in the same way. So I think that that's part of how we're doing this aspect. Why Black and Latino community specific panels? So we heard from our first round of grantees, uh, or we've heard throughout all these processes that um, there are there are nuance, there's history, there's aesthetics that. Um, that happen in, in, in some of our, our community specific work. And, and let's be even honest that um, our black and Latino communities are not monolithic and, and that there's a lot of details and there's a lot of work and histories that need to be um, uncovered and discussed even with them. We are focusing on the two most populous communities of color in Houston. I think that that is a, an important thing for us to understand and then those histories and that that's part of the experiment of this work and in this round as a Filipino American, um, I will say it was hard in order to make this decision around not focusing on an Asian American community right now in Houston. But I think the difficulty of finding what is a um, what is a singular kind of a, a Asian American approach in Houston, I think is too hard for us right now. And and I think that that's something that we need to have more discussions around. And the timeline of what we have like didn't didn't allow for that. When will awards be announced and funds be made available? Um, really important question. The application is open now. It is due February 20th. The review process will happen in February, March. 
and that we like depends on the number of applications that come in. Um, but we hope that we'll be able to, to uh, we anticipate to announce the awards by the beginning of, like by my mid May. Um, because of all the contracts and all the other work, um, and then, but how if the, however, if the volume exceeds, like you know, our current predictions, we might need to extend the timeline, and we will we will uh, connect with all of the, the applicants um, if we're going to be able to extend that timeline earlier. What can the grants be used for? That's a really important question, and as long as it, it it's not an illegal um, and 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 doesn't support uh, discrimination. The, grant, the grants can be used for research, for it can be used for a project, it can be used for a down payment on a house, it can be used for a lot, and like, it is not project specific, so it's really up to how it's an investment into the artists and their work, so that it's pretty open into uh, that aspect. Can a recording project of BIPOC composers apply? So yeah. I think that we're going to have to, like, you know, so that, that sounds like it's a specific question that we're going to need to figure out on this. But number one, that you all need to be a, um, it needs to be a, a, a I'm sorry, uh, we hope that the artists that are applying are BIPOC in this aspect um, and um, identify or self-identify in that work. This is not a project, so this is not a project grant. This is not about a specific project. It is about the history of your work. And so hopefully, um, so it is not about talking about that future project, but it needs to be, the application needs to be talking about what the work has been done in the past that actually supports the, the thriving and um, the and the work for our BIPOC communities here in Houston. So we can talk about more of that specific question in the future. But I think that that's the general idea: is that let's not think about specific projects. Let's think about what your work is and, and how it's been supporting of our communities. Oh, this is a good question. Given Houston is um, constantly growing and people are coming into our wonderful city. Um, if I am new to Houston. Um, can I ask advocates from out of state to speak about my work? So you need to have a like, you need to demonstrate residency in Houston for two years, and uh, and and so that it is about uh, we are here in order to award and and honor the people who have been doing the work here, not to dismiss the people who have been like you know who have come in the past two years and that has been doing significant work. But this we are focusing on some long term uh, impacts and long term community components of this. Um, you can add like. As for the advocate support, those can come from anywhere. But I think that uh, going back to the residency component, it is a part of the eligibility is that you should have been here for two years. Tony, I think there was a Spanish language question. Sí, uh, hay una lista de categorías de tipo de artistas. Uh, ¿Sabes qué, Gabriela? No, y te voy a decir por qué. A final de cuenta, queremos animarte a ti como artista que, que tú... Ex Tú, tú necesitas definir qué significa eso para ti. Entonces, yo quisiera que, que usted haga su aplicación y nos cuente cuáles son sus hechos que usted significa ser artista. Y yo creo que así el panel puede entonces decidir. Um, so the question is, do we have a list of specific type of, of artists? And from our discussions, uh, Sixto, um, I'm pretty sure that it seems that we want people to submit and say, hey, I'm an artist, here's why. And then the panel can have discussions and say, wait a second, is that type of music art or not? And so forth. Uh, would you say that's accurate, Sixto? Sure, I think that like, you know, when you look at the, when you look at the, the questions, um, it is at the very end, we're talking about demographics, where we actually ask you all to self-identify around some of the art, like, you know, some of the artistic practices. 
but that's not that is not um, a, a major part of our criteria. Really, it is exactly what Tony said. It is how like how you if you de define yourself as an artist and as a creative who's doing this work, then please apply. We hope that the, the people who are atypical, you know, who are not MFA college trained, or we're you know who have different ways of of, of approaching art. Um, actually do apply in order because that is part of how Houston is Houston and we want to be able to make sure that that's represented in the award. We hope that that's going to be something that's going to apply in order so that we can actually lift that up and honor that in, in terms of the ways that we are working for this level of award. There was another question in Spanish. Estaban preguntando de las cantidades de las becas. El total es 20 mil dólares, pero si usted recibe los fondos se le puede dar en diferentes niveles si eso ayuda a usted con sus impuestos, su estatus o, o lo que sea. Pero uh, el, la, beca, la beca, los fondos son hasta 20 mil dólares. The questions in Spanish was asking about the language of saying up to $20,000. And what I remember from our discussions was that it's up to $20,000 considering how that could impact um, someone's finances, uh, tax status, et cetera, Sixto. Yeah, I think that, like, you know, we have heard from other artists and, uh, like, you know, and, and other, uh, and from other like, models across the nation and recognizing the fact that um, getting $20,000 in one year, in one fiscal year, can make a whole lot of other problems for people's insurance. They can like make problems for your for, for finances in the future. And so that's one of the things that we're being very careful and consider about in order to make sure that we're here to help the artists. We're not here to destroy their lives for the future. Like we we're investing $20,000. That might be over a three-year period. That might be, you know, over this period. But that's one of the things where we, we're going to be working with the awardees in order to make sure that we are, are doing our work in order to uplift them and not create more problems for them in the future. And Sixto, there were a few questions in Spanish, but also English asking about if folks, no necesita ser un grupo sin fines de lucro. So you don't have to be a, a 501c3 nonprofit. This is specifically for individual artists. Now, if you've worked with different organizations, you will list that then. So if you are, si usted es un miembro de un grupo, estamos que usted necesita aplicar como un artista individual. Pero claro, sus logros con ese grupo también cuentan para recibir la, la, la beca o el premio. So your work with the other groups would be as your proof and especially your community work. But I just want to stress from the questions, this is for individual artists. So even if your organization um, receives some of the awards for Banff as a, for uh, nonprofits or collectives, that's totally different because that was for groups. This is specifically for individual artists. Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah. Absolutely. I think, I'm, I'm sorry, Glenisha, go ahead. No, that's been asked a couple of times, just that so, distinguishing between organizations and individuals for that. And, absolutely. And um, this is this round is for individuals, and we want to be able to, to uplift that. We, there will be the, the next round for organizations will be the Houston Cultural Treasures round that we will be announcing um, in spring or early summer. Um, but we, we needed to uh, have a, a very distinct focus on the individuals in, of our community and invest in them at this point in time. I think it's an important part for us like in, in this process to, to recognize how we as artists are working as individuals and be able to take time in order to honor that and not think of us 
only as an organization, but really uplift the work that, um, of, of individuals in this work. And I think that that's going to be an important question for us. And, and as we go to the review, it's like, we will most likely, like, we, we're going to have a, to have a, a larger conversation around those who are able to do the work only working as individuals or those who actually have created other structures in order to support their work. But we'll figure that part out. And Sixer, I think this is a good question um, for us to do before we wind down. Um, will there be adaptable ways for artists who are um, unhoused or have a unique housing situation to prove their residency beyond um, typical means, their residence beyond typical means? I, I think that that's a, an important question. And I think that like, uh, you're, it would be important for you all to, to reach out to us individually in order to be able to talk about what that looks like. I, I don't have an immediate answer um, for that, but I do want to work with them and the individuals in order to figure out how best we can respond to that. Um, so reach out to our, our support desk in order to like, schedule time. And, and that's also something in which I can't, I'm like, we're gonna need to find out, some, like, get some other people in around that question uh, and, and how to make that happen in order to make the, the, the work. Um, someone asked, can we schedule one-on-one -on -one sessions for individual help? So um, we will be opening up opportunities for 15 to 20 minute, like one-on-one -on -one like help desk support aspects. And, and that um, please sign up for the, the information session, or I'm sorry, please sign up for the newsletter in order for us to, to set up those times. We're not announcing those times just yet because we wanted to get all the information out there first and actually, and then like get all the, the general information out in order for them, everybody to be able to utilize that. Um, and then we'll do the scheduling most likely in, in February. So, so we, we've got a couple of pro, um, questions again about projects. Um, can I collaborate with another artist and get funding for a project? Someone else asked, I've been working on a project for the past four years. May I submit a project for future funding? This is not about a project future grant. This is not about the, the impacts that that work is going to be. This should be about like, you know, for, it, it sounds like if this has been a project that you have been working on and working on with communities and actually, or working on that has demonstrated service to communities over time, sure, that's great. But, and, and I think that that would be an important way in order to, to um, offer, your, like, like to think through the application process. But we're asking you all to be able to think about your work beyond just a project and think about your work over time and think about your work and, and, and how that work serves our communities and, and of color here in Houston. And, and that is the lens and like, that is one of the lenses in which we're, which we're asking you in order to, to think through this. And our hope is that we're, you're able to look at your work beyond, um, beyond one project, beyond one opportunity, but really what is the long-term and what are the, your longer, larger goals around that work? You know what, Sixto, a lot of those questions are derived from all the ways that all the formal or the um, you know traditional arts world make us fill out the applications. Th those are totally questions derived from all those other application processes. So this is very different in that the application asks you to quantify your community work and then the money's yours. And you mentioned there's a time to collaborate with others, but it's a very different approach. So, so I, I, I think there's some healing, healing and revisioning going on. So that's interesting. Absolutely. I think that in the identity of a Latino, what, what can indigenous artists apply that have been given a Latino label? Um, uh, Tony, do you have like, like, uh, 
there's, I'm like, I'm like Tony and I, we, we've had conversations that like we've had like three hour conversations about like some of this content. And so I think that this is one of those where um, if you can take it, like if you have a short answer to this, um, so then that'd be If you're indigenous, quick answer, if you're indigenous, apply. We can have a longer conversation about what the acronym means, black indigenous people of color. Uh, we can mention that the last thing I'll say about that, because like you say, this could be a three-month conversation. And I teach I teach classes on this, right? Um, and the week we talk about identity labels, I try and keep it down to just two dozen. The, the last thing I'll say for now, last thing I'll say for now, um, traditionally the acronym Black Indigenous People of Color uh, refers to those letters in the acronym. We actually overtly and directly added Latino to our discussion of it so that uh, folks understand that, for example, for me as a Chicano, we, I've achieved self-determination by studying my history. I know that I easily fit in the letters BIPOC as uh, someone who's indigenous and also someone who's of color. But we also wanted to make that very, very clear. So actually, for sure, if you're indigenous, you, you, you apply. And I think the questions that people have about identity, send it in. Let's talk. And again, we'll have two live sessions. We can chat about that. That's the quick yeah. answer, six stuff. Well, it's also self. If you all self-define at that work, I'm like so. The, you know, so you self-define the the aspect, and then the question will come to our community reviewers, and in order to actually see if the work and if if all of that actually ma matches all the other criteria in relationship to um, the work uh, in terms of service, in terms of the um, the the work history, and and then the um, the the statements of support that you all bring into this. So I think that like apply and I think that the, that those other things are like really like the more important part of that, that that type of work. I want to remind folks as I say in my book artist contract language poets liberated we are not the cultural border patrol so we're here to broaden it and bring everybody in. So. <laughs> yeah and on that vein um, in that vein what and who is qualified as an artist? Um, do we have qualifications on what an artist, who is an artist, who can apply? So I think that like one of the criteria is actually talking that uh, that you have um, have been doing this work and that your creative work has been recognized by local, regional, or national cultural organizations, leaders, and artistic professionals. So that can be community that, that can be community leaders, that can be um, local community leaders, regional or national community leaders. It can be like, but part of the work is that you are self-defined about this work and others have actually been able to, to uh, uplift your work as, a, as an artist. Um, and so that it is both that you, you, you identify and others actually you know, agree with you in that component. And what qualifies as service? That's a really good question. Yeah, someone asked. It's a good question, yeah. Well, I, mean, I think that that's actually, a, that is part of what you all, we're asking you all to help define. And, and that how you all define um, what service looks like and what that, how that manifests. I think that that's part of what um, our, part of our exploration and learning is about in this moment. And that we, are, uh, we look forward to y'all's responses to this so that we can actually be able to speak back to our communities after the application in order to be able to say, this is what service looks like. So we've reached time. <laughs> and there's so many, um, uh, there's so many more questions and there's so many, more, but there will be more opportunities in order for us to be able to answer the questions. Um, this was a, an important, and thank you all for joining us in this moment in order for us to be able to announce this opportunity and share some of the background. 
please go to houstonbanff.org in order to actually look more about the work that we have done. And then also read the guidelines, read the application um, in order to be able to, uh, to come in with spe more specific questions and that we will have information sessions, sign up for um, our newsletter in order to be able to uh, I know when our next opportunities are and what happens uh, in into the next steps. We are, again, are engaging in a lot of conversations in order to learn from and with you all. And that we hope that like in these, that we have about, I think it's five to six, I think it's five weeks from now in order to like between now and the, or maybe six weeks between now and when the deadline of, of your application. I'm gonna ask you all to not wait until the last weekend in order to try to do this application. I'm gonna ask you all to, to take, like, you know, it, it's gonna take a little bit of time, but it's also, I think some really important questions and interesting questions in order to be able to do that. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Lanisha. Thank you all, the, like Rodrigo, Roxana, Hank, and everybody on, on the back end who's helped make this happen. Thank you all for attending in this moment. And we know that um, we're utilizing these virtual sessions as an opportunity to, uh, to get to a lot of people real quick, but then we also will have some in-person sessions that are coming up. Thanks everybody, take care and continue your good work. Roxana Guzman, who is our producer for our social platform broadcast. Also, Rodrigo Bravo, who mixes our show and audio for KPFT 90.1 FM. Mark Andre Pignon is our graphics designer. Ramos Ortiz is in charge of our search engine optimization. And of course, you dear listeners are always supporting us. Thanks a lot, and we look forward to seeing you at the arts.